It's just too much. I think she's a very nice girl. And they just made me employee of the month yesterday, so I'm getting a lot of calls. I know where I'm not wanted, and I'm not wanted any place where people have all these social obligations if you get one of me. That's not true. You have you have two kinds of stuffing. You have real cranberry sauce. Run! I mean, I have absolutely no idea what we're doing here, or what I'm doing here, or what this place is about, but I am determined to enjoy myself. And I'm very intrigued, and oh my, this soup's delicious, isn't it? Well, hello and welcome to the Best Supporting After Show, where we continue to clean out on all things Best Supporting Actress Awards, BSA of the Week. Who knows what other tangents might come up, and that's the reason to keep listening. Uh, I'm still Colin. And I'm still Nick. And we, uh, we've we just finished our discussion on Mars Attacks, uh, which was just full of ladies, and uh, today, uh, but but no nominations. Lots of people who've been nominated for awards and have won awards in other movies. Um, and all of that being just a sloppy transition to say that we have some awards to talk about today <laughs> because the Screen Actors Guild uh, wins awards. The Screen Actors Guild. <laughs> the, the you're, like, you're like Sarah Jessica Parker interviewing Pierce Brosnan. <laughs> yes. Professor. Um, so, Ke- Professor. Donald, um, Kessler. Donald, um, chairman, <laughs> the Screen Actors Guilds, uh, sir, are so they that were, uh, did you, yes, did it, it happened. They happened they, on won. Sunday, and we've got thoughts. <laughs> I'm like, I'll save you here, throw you a life raft. <laughs> I was like, where is he going? It's like she's having a stroke. Oh, that was good. That was good. <laughs> yes, thank you. The Screen Actors Guild Awards happened, and people won, and some of them were very surprising. Yeah, I mean, we'll get to our, you know, our our standard leading actress, best supporting actress winners too. But a, again, a, f- a fresh new batch, Colin, of winners. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I mean, there were some, you know, th- as far as like I, I'm thinking of like the Queen's Gambit and, you mm-hmm. know, things that have been winning. Um, you know, Jason Bateman for Ozark, Gillian Anderson for The Crown. Um, mm-hmm. Ted Lasso, Jason Sudeikis yeah, for yeah, Ted yeah. Lasso, and Catherine O'Hara. Yeah. Like I, I know I'm kind of like blowing through these, but it's not that they're not interesting. Um, but uh, because we love TV, they're here. expected. Yeah, yeah, expected. I yeah. guess is the better way to say that. Um, and you know Chadwick Boseman won. There was like a small part of me I was like, what if Anthony Hopkins won? <laughs> I was just like, right. At least like give him right. one award and then give Chadwick the Oscar. Like I don't know. Oh, he was so good so good i know i know i think it's it's one of those like any other year uh i could see uh anthony hopkins just like sweeping and it's just it it does it does come down to who's in the mix you know um i think that's always what's interesting right is like it's the best of the year but it's kind of like you're only comparing to what came out at the same time where it's like i don't know i just it I, I, there is, I guess what I'm trying to say is like Anthony Hopkins' performance is so good, is so career best that it feels strange that it's considered kind of a, you know, a runner up yeah. in any year. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I mean, we um, know. We all know that. I, I mean, I, we I, all I, know. and we've said it in the past too, like Chadwick Boseman is great. Like if Anthony right. Hopkins was not in the running, of course Chadwick Boseman. And I'm happy for that choice too. But it is also, um, 
I just want him to have something. Maybe we'll give him a Weston when we have our Weston Awards. Oh, let's give him a Weston. Yes. Oh, that makes me feel good. Yeah. And for anyone who doesn't know, the Westons, named after acclaimed actress Celia Weston, uh, is our award show that, yeah, I, you know, I think is going to happen. You know, we, I, I, I think we need to talk about the Westons. I think we do. You know, it's we need to talk about Kevin and we need to talk about the Westons. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh, that's good. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So, uh, Chadwick Boseman, certainly. I mean, I think if he doesn't win the Oscar, then, like, I'm about to lose a lot of money. Like, yeah, all, yeah. all bets are on him winning the Oscar. Yes, for sure. And uh, Daniel Kaluuya won for Best Supporting. I know there's, like, a lot of, uh, not, like, toss-up, like, a lot of podcasts I'm listening to um, kind of have, like, the possibility of like the vote being split because Lakeith Stanfield is also put in supporting when he should have been lead. Right. And if people right. vote, vote for them, that it might go to Sasha Baron Cohen. I'm like, that's crazy. Like what if him right? and Maria Bakalova both won? <gasps> oh, I'm gritting it my would be teeth. Crazy. <laughs> um, like what a year. Yeah. Yeah. Um, of course I haven't, I haven't seen the trial of the Chicago seven. He might be amazing yeah, in yeah, it. I've it not just, seen it either. Yeah, I just have not been told about any any of the lady acting in the trial of the Chicago Seven. Like mm-hmm. I like to to sell me on a movie, it's like, okay, but the lady acting. What's the lady acting? Yes. Uh yes. yeah. So anyone listening, if you've seen the trial of the Chicago Seven and there is some lady acting, I will then discover, much like the father, I I arrived for Olivia Coleman and I stayed for Anthony Hopkins. Yes. Uh, and so I'll appreciate the men, but I need a reason to show up. Yeah, I agree. And and speaking of the, the trial of the Chicago seven, that, that did win best, um, like best performance by cast in a motion picture, which is not every year, but like a little telling of like where, I mean, the help one, one year, you know what I mean? Not that the help wasn't a oh, good movie, sure. but like it, it was the most ensemble Sometimes it's just like the most ensemble movie, and then sometimes it's like, oh, this is like actually going to win Best Picture in like three weeks. So I, I'm right. interested in that. I, I have no idea what's going to win Best Picture. I really don't. I mean, we kind of talked about Nomadland. Um, yeah, it it feels, you know, it's like there's probably a whole point of view on how the Best Picture winner of a year, like, what does it say about where we are kind of, you know, in time or in, you know, uh, in history? Like, what is it reflecting back? Is there some kind of like some years does like something win because it's like there's just kind of like a uh, a cultural tide shift that this somehow represents yeah. or that somehow speaks to? And I feel like, you know, Nomadland would be a perfect example of that. There's just something about it that feels so like specific to this time, you yeah. know, and like when I think of 2020, I think there's something about Nomadland where it's like, yeah, that's that's what I would want to be considered the best picture of this year. Yeah, you know? I agree. I agree. I love that. Yeah, and like we just I don't for some reason, even though it's not necessarily specifically, obviously, commentary about you know 2020 itself or Corona or all that shit. There's just something about it that still feels responsive to it, or just I guess it's the idea of like. You know, I don't know. It's the ultimate in social distancing, I guess. Yeah. I mean, we're all kind of wandering around looking for something that has been taken away from us, I guess. Yeah. And like trying to find like a sense of home again. Yeah. And ironically being stuck in our homes. Yes. And like, here's somebody who isn't, you know, like I think there's just, I, I could see that being a reason for something to be voted for. Yes. I, I agree. I really do. I think that there's some validity in that statement for sure. I I mean, 
again, I, I feel like I say this every week too, but I, as confused as I am by all of it, I think that the Oscars is going to be wild. <laughs> like, I just don't mm. know. Um, and speaking of, I guess we can get into these, like, these two... These aren't two yeah. wild wins, by the way. It's just that, like, there's not really a lot of consistency and sort of, like, even an attempt at predicting who's going to win the Oscar after this. It doesn't feel like there's a trend, yeah. yeah. I mean, I think, you know, we are the best supporting podcast, so we maybe we'll lead up to supporting actress. But I got to say, you know, female actor in a leading role, I... A, I forgot that Amy Adams was nominated, so that did make me yeah. feel good because I, I do feel like that is an underappreciated performance. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and, of course, you know, other mainstays, Frances McDormand in Nomadland, Carrie Mulligan in Promising Young Woman, and Vanessa Kirby in Pieces of a Woman. Uh, but Viola Davis, for Ma Rainey's Barely In It, uh, yeah. won Best Actress. Yeah, Um Again, you know, we have not done like a full analysis and I don't know if you've you've yet finished it too, but I, I, I think that it does ring. It's like the weirdest thing because like it is the entire movie, you know, the movie is the character's name. So you do expect a sort of mm-hmm. level of screen time and, um, you know, taking up space within that movie. But it, it just rings like a supporting performance. I have no idea why. Like it, it feels like, um, I don't know, like... Uh, no, I'm trying to think of something else, but nothing came to mind really. But I, I again, it's kind of like um, she's great. Anthony Hopkins in Silence of the Lambs. It's like Hannibal Lecter's sure. in the movie for like ten minutes. Yes. Yeah, yeah, and lead actor. Um, I, I, and I get like the whole process of like, well, we have we have to put her in leading because of this or that or whatever it happens to be. Um, mm-hmm. But after seeing it, I didn't watch it again, but I watched it once. Like she has great moments, and like a lot of them are actually really subtle. And like it's mm-hmm. it's so like the conversations that they're having in that movie are still like obviously very um, relevant now. Um, and 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 she's great. Like she is. I kept texting Colin that I wanted her to be. I kind of I like I wanted Queen Latifah, but we got Viola Davis. Like I wanted the stature mm. of Queen Latifah. And I know Queen Latifah yeah. was in that like HBO like Bessie a couple years mm-hmm. back or something like that. Like I don't know. There was something about Viola, and I know they gave her, like, a fat suit, and, like, she she fits the part. I think it's great casting. Like, obviously, we love Viola. Um, was I, yeah, was I, happy? I Okay, yeah, yeah. I don't say, I'm, I'm certainly, like, happy for her. I think, you know, kind of you were starting to say, like, I'm definitely happy for her. Like, I love Viola Davis, happy to see her win. I, I don't have as much attachment about who wins Best Actress as I do about Best Supporting Actress. Yes. So I was kind of like, okay, great. Because she's, I, I did not have her peg to win the Oscar. Uh, I, I kind of keep thinking Carrie Mulligan's going to win it. And I think for the same reason, I think Nomadland is going to win Best Picture. Mm-hmm. Is like, there's something so timely and specific that just feels representative of like, you know, I don't know. Like, it just feels like that would be a, a performance people would highlight at this time. So I love the surprise of Viola Davis. There, it's no, I I don't see her as the Maria of the best actress category at all. Yeah. Yeah. And I think I said it last week too. Like, I just feel, I guess I just need to sit down and watch it, but I don't feel part of that conversation. Like the Carrie Mulligan of it all. Like, I just feel so distant from that. I feel like that movie came out like yesterday and all of a sudden she's mm-hmm. winning best actress. And like, that's not the case, obviously. Like it's been out for a good amount of time now too, but um, 
you know, we talk about momentum and like timing and everything too. And I guess, but who knows? Who knows? Who? Kn- yeah. I, I think it'll be one of those things of more like looking back in retrospect and kind of looking at, yeah. the, you know, across the different categories and kind of, you know, seeing the, you know, who won for each one. I think then, I think it only then does it kind of make sense, yeah, you know? I agree. So, uh, that of course brings us to, as they say, female actor in a supporting role, best supporting actress, as we like to call them. Uh, the nominees being, of course, you know, Maria. Mm-hmm. Maria, uh, Glenn, <laughs> Olivia, uh, Helena Zengel in News of the World, and of course, Yoo Jung Yoon in Minari. And I was so relieved that Maria didn't win. I know, I know, <laughs> this is the soapbox I refuse to get off of, but then so thrilled for yes. Yoo Jung Yoon because I, I, I think she's my pick. I think she's officially my pick for the Oscar. I was so, going to say, did you, did you want, I know... Obviously, you didn't want Maria to win, but who did you really expect to win? You know, or I don't know. I like Helena Zengel is kind of the you know the wild card here, and she hasn't really been in the in the roster in a lot of the other awards or all you know in the same way that like Olivia and Glenn have. Uh, to be honest, it's sort of crazy to think that like at one point the race was between Olivia and Glenn for Best Actress, and this year they are the. Uh, they're to me just nominees for best supporting yeah. actress. Like they are not front runners. It's not between Glenn and Olivia. Like that narrative does not exist. I think they're both. You know, I, I mean, obviously, I loved Olivia and the father, but um, you know, and Glenn and Hillbilly Elegy. We've talked about you know many times over that it's it's an it's it is a good performance, but you have to accept that it, like the over the topness is kind of real. Um, but I think in terms of hitting that sweet spot for me of best supporting actress in terms of like screen time and maximizing possibilities and having moments in that moment at the end at the table looking at the family, mm-hmm. like the, the sort of when she won it moment, like I got all of that from Yoo Jung Yoon. Yeah, I think that if we're thinking also about just like even distribution of awards, which is not always the case. I mean, the Oscars loves like a sweep, you know, Um but if they're going to give, like, Nomadland Best Picture, I feel like Minari is up there in the running, and maybe we'll throw in, like, Trial of the Chicago 7. Like, if those are the three that could possibly win Best Picture, um, I feel like they might give, like, Screenplay to Aaron Sorkin, Yoo Jung-yoon, um, Best Supporting Actress for Minari, and then Nomadland mm-hmm. will, will win Best Best Picture. Maybe. I mean, if that's... If that's <laughs> that's I, the sort I of could... narrative in my head. I could get on board with that. Not that anybody cares what I think or if what my opinion, my opinion has no weight whatsoever, but I, uh, at the, I, you know, at the end of the day, I'd be, I could put my head on the pillow and say, okay, Oscars, that's fine. Yeah. I think I was, I was, um, I think probably the same thing. I was surprised that she won, but also I was like, oh my gosh. Yay. Because we like just did that episode and we're coming like yeah. right off of that. So yeah, why not? I mean, I still think in some crazy world that Glenn could still win. I don't know. I can't shake it. And I know it probably won't happen. <laughs> but I just like part of me just wants to like predict that it will happen. Because if it does happen, I'll just like feel very you know satisfied with myself. Um, but I, I don't think it's going to happen. 
I just feel like when she wins and they cut to Glenn on Zoom in her Montana cabin, it's just going to be like the music from Curb Your Enthusiasm playing. Yes. Oh, like surprise. (laughs) It was Agatha all along. (laughs) Right. And it's just like it was. and, And just to kind of like, well, you finally got your Oscar over Zoom for playing you know, what people have considered a variation on the grandmother from Beverly Hillbillies. Like, it's such a strange, it, it's such like a weird conclusion to the narrative of when will Glenn win her Oscar. It's such an anticlimactic ending to that story. I mean, really, it would probably be the best example of like, you know, the Judy Dench and Shakespeare in love of it all. Like, sort of like, it would mm-hmm. it would then take the cake of like films or like performances that like they should have never won for, but they did win for it. Like I kind of love it in some weird twisted way that that's what happens. And then maybe in like three years, she wins another one for leading actress. Oh, if suddenly like Glenn, then she like snags her second Oscar shortly after. I do love that narrative. Just like, and I, and it's true. Yeah. Yeah. There, there is something kind of exciting about like, Oh my God. She won an Oscar for that? And, like, I'm not saying I'm so interested in that idea that I want Maria to win, but there is something in looking back in kind of awards history of, like, oh, what a weird nomination. I can't believe – or I can't believe she won for that role. Mm-hmm. Like, it, it gives it a weird texture that I I do I do appreciate kind of in retrospect. So, um, yeah. Like, at the end of the day, like, I could find a way to – appreciate why any of these people would win but i guess from the the meritocracy that i want um in terms of the performance i i felt the most bsa energy from it's probably yu jung yoon yeah i i think i agree with that i i'm gonna pencil that in for now i think okay um and like i just picture like if glenn won this year it would be terrible because it's her first oscar and she's on zoom but then you know, they make that Sunset Boulevard movie in like two or three years and then she wins another and yeah. has like the proper, you know, you know, what we picture that moment would be like for her. So, yeah, I just need that moment. I just this is yeah. all about that moment. This is so all of this is about. It's so selfish. It's such a, you know, such an actress sexual wet dream of I just want to see Glenn accept a best actress award in an audience full, in front of an audience full of people. Yeah, standing know? ovation. I also I mean standing ovation. But we got through it with um, you know, Catherine O'Hara, you know, like I wanted the same for her and like Yeah. I also was like I accepted it, but they had more of like a Shits Creek, you know, the the tent, so to speak, um, yes. of it all. It did feel you know, as close to an award show as we're going to get to. So, um, I mean, that is something that is so true is when we look back on this time of award shows, Schitt's Creek not only like swept every award, I think Catherine O'Hara won every single possible award she could uh, from the major awards. uh, And, you know, what what was that? The the Emmys, the Golden Globes, uh, that, that way that they did it was like the perfect answer to like, how do we do an award show during a pandemic? Yes. You know, like I appreciate the split screen of Tina and Amy, but like Schitt's Creek having, you know, an awards party, like recreated most of what I needed from an award show. Yeah. I think like, honestly, kind of bizarre, but I feel like the Grammys, have a really good template like they had actually everyone i don't know how they did it like if people were just like waiting in line and then they ushered everyone in but like they would do like album of the year and then they would get like you know megan the stallion and taylor swift and 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 billy eilish and just like cram them into this like 
outdoor seating space. They would announce the award, and then they would all just, like, vacate. It was very interesting. Like, uh, I don't know if you huh. saw clips of that, too, but, like... It was sort of see anything. That's okay. Yeah, Yeah. it was sort of live. So like, what they would do for this is they would get like uh, Yoo Jung Yoon and uh, Glenn Close and Maria, and they would all seat them outside in this like I don't know, let's say like twenty feet by forty feet space, and all at tables, socially distanced with masks. They would announce it, and then they would get get to give a speech in front of like those nominees, and maybe like a couple other people sprinkled in the back. And I kind of liked okay. it. It was cool. I mean, I, again, we're going down this rabbit hole. Like, And I, I, I thought I read something that they were thinking about doing that. But maybe not. I don't know. I don't know, wh- I don't know what to expect from the Oscars. We kind of just, like, show up and see what happens. Right. Right. Yeah. I'll just, I'll make my appetizers and I'll, you know, plop down on the couch sure. and I'll, I'll see what happens. <laughs> yeah. Um, but anyway, it's uh, all this to say that we have no idea what's going to happen. But we kind of yeah, have some idea, maybe. Maybe we have we have ideas of what we'd like to see happen. But um, yeah, so Oscars. When are the Oscars happening? Do you know uh, the twenty fifth? I believe of April. Ooh. Is that a Sunday? All right. Let me see. Twenty um, fifth. Uh, yes, 20... I believe it is. Yeah, the twenty fifth. Um, so all right. Well, yeah, we are. We're swiftly approaching. I wanted to mention, too, just, like, offhand things. Because I, I watched all of the um, the, the award show, the SAG Awards. Like, it's great. It's an hour, and it is wham, bam. Thank you, ma'am. Like, it is just, like, award, mm. award, award. But they had these little, like, um, segments every once in a while, like, actors talking about other TV shows that they're watching. And did you see the Helen Mirren one, Colin? No, I didn't watch it all. Oh, I don't okay. know why. Yeah, I should have that's watched fine. some clips, that's fine. but um, but tell me more. But Helen Mirren said that one of her favorite shows on TV right now is Pen15. <laughs> oh, like, my God. I was just like, the fact that Helen Mirren loves Pen15 and like said that, because everyone was like, oh, oh, my God, I love Ozark and The Crown. And then Helen Mirren loves Pen15. She's like, I think it's brilliant. And the acting is incredible. And I was like... <laughs> Oh yes. my god! I'm imagining like uh, Anna and Maya seeing that and just like melting. Into oh the my couch. god! Yeah, like, like did they did they see it? Who knows? I need them. And the only other like small thing that I will mention too is um, at the very end. I don't know why I caught this, um, but it was uh, they had like producers of the show or something, just like people that were like, you know, producing the SAG Awards. And who popped up? But Joe Beth Williams was like the first <gasps> producer listed. I was like, uh, Joe Beth, she is still Joe Beth. She's behind the scenes, but she's still there. Unless there is another Joe Beth Williams that we know of. No, that just, she, yeah. I think she was president of the Screen Actors Guild at one point uh, for a while. So perfect. I feel like that that all syncs up. Oh, best supporting Joe Beth. Yes. So I, I knew that I, I had to mention that for you. Yeah. Thank you. I, it's like a Google alert. I just need to know any Joe Beth sightings. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Well, uh, should we should we segue into our BSAs of the week? Yes, please. Um, do you have nominees? Oh. What's the story? I think I've just got one this week. I think I've just got my my best supporting uh, a my best supporting A of the week. Great. Um, I have one. Um, nomination, and this is a TikTok account, of course. My life is TikTok these days. Um, but it is called La La Land Kind Cafe. And all it is is this 
I think it's just like an operation of two, but they, um, and they seem young. I don't know, like mid twenties or something like that, or, uh, just young. Um, and they go around their area. I think it's in Texas and they just shout out to people like you're so beautiful. And they just give out, it's like the definition of kind media. They're like, Oh my God, I love your sweater. Oh my God, your glasses. And I love your smile. And like, like the way that people react to this is so beautiful to watch. It's like, I don't know how else to describe it. Like, I'll probably send you one after we uh, we record. But La La Land Kind Cafe. And I just, like, went on a binge think, of, like, watching all of them. I think I've seen one or two of them. I know what you're talking about. I can, like, they're driving by. And they're like, oh, my God, I love your orange scarf. And, like. Yeah. It's just, like, little, yeah. little pieces of joy. Um, that It's just mm-hmm. a great idea. I will say another TikTok account that I I just I think is a genius idea and I don't know her handle maybe I'll find that for next week but it's for people I would imagine with a good amount of like anxiety or social anxiety specifically about making phone calls um where I'm listening there's a girl <laughs> I know yeah there was a girl who basically charges I think it's $5 a phone call and she makes phone calls for you that's all it is if it's like, hey, I need to actually call, like, from anything from, like, making an appointment to get their car inspected to um, one one of the ones I watched yesterday was, like, a sister just wanted to tell her sister that she, uh, I guess the other sister had a baby and she just wanted to tell her, like, I think you're doing a great job. You're an amazing mom and I know you're tired, but, like, you're doing so great. But she just couldn't say it in person or, like, she just didn't have... Mm-hmm. the capability to do so she did the uh, this sort of like phone call and like the the person like the girl who does it is so great and like uh i would imagine it would be kind of weird it sounds kind of strange on paper especially like that kind of compliment but um it all works out really well so i think it's a great business model <laughs> oh my god i like i hope this i hope she's a millionaire in no time this yes. is like the best idea yeah. like this is such a great idea like uh, like make this make this doctor's appointment for me you know yes. like that's i love it yeah i love it it's really um oh uh, well i i know who i'm gonna be yeah out i'll to find shortly. out her handle i know yes yes yeah. yes um, um oh my god but anyway how about you call what's your bsa of the week and then i'll go into mine my BSA of the week. So I have finally shifted out of binging so hard the Jersey Shore. Oh, yeah. I was like, okay. I was like, and like Colin, enough, and like step away from the Jersey Shore. And so I, you know, as Ronnie once said, like never fall in love at the Jersey Shore. And I just needed to follow <laughs> Ronnie's advice. He's a sage. And uh, and so I I rediscovered or restarted binging something I have seen before but never fully embraced. Um, And that is the old YouTube series from like 2015, 2016 of In Bed with Joan, (gasps) with Joan Rivers. And so, I mean, I'm assuming you've seen like maybe at least the Bianca Del Rio episode. I was going to say, yeah, that's the first one that comes to mind. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, which is great. And so it's just like Joan Rivers, you know, in, I don't know, in, you know, Melissa's basement, you know, guest room, you know, in on a bed, like interviewing different comedians and, and celebrities of different kind of, you know, uh, gradients. I mean, sure. I don't think there's any like Oscar winners on her bed, but it's, you know, a great mix of people. And so, yeah, Bianca Del Rio is like one of the last episodes, I think, that she's actually did um, was with Bianca. And that one's really funny. There's one with RuPaul. Um, there was another one that I really enjoyed. Oh, there's like one, there's a, a two part one with Kathy Griffin. Nice. Um, 
I had sort of a, a, a you know, forgive me, a Keon moment where I was like, Kathy Griffith? <laughs> Kathy Griffith. I mean, yeah, it's, it happens <laughs> to the Griffith. best of us. <laughs> yeah. I had one of those moments. Um, and I just, like, it, of course, just brings up that, like, incredibly, gay, I mean, everybody, Mrs. Joan, who liked Joan, but, like, yeah. that gay man thing of, like, oh, Joan Rivers. Like, what? What a loss. Like, she was, like, it's so funny, like, when seeing other people make Joan laugh. Like, there's something about that that I think is really entertaining. And she is just so fucking funny and so smart. And there's, like, episodes where she's, like, you know, I think there's one with, like, Lonnie Love where she's talking about, like, just, like, giving her advice of, like, never take a break. The moment you take a break, they're going to forget all about you. And, like, she just, I, I love seeing those moments of, like, here is this woman who has been doing this for decades, who has built her career and like never stopped working. And it's just like fascinating to watch. She's kind of like, um, like I think Elaine Stritch has a lot of great advice and a lot of great perspective, but you really got to like get through like the gruff exterior to kind of get to it. Yes. And, and Joan is kind of similar, but like much warmer and like is so much warmer than I think I, I expect her to be mm-hmm. because she does like fashion police and all that. Um, she talked about like when you meet fans and, you know, uh, and she said like, you know, it, it takes just as much time to stop and, and give the handshake and take a picture than it does to say like, no, I'm not doing this. I'm not taking a picture. Like you've already wasted that time saying no, you might as well use that time to say yes. Hey man, I love and that. I, right. And I just I, like really, I don't know. It just deepened my appreciation for Joan. Of course she is like, you know, anyone who uh, appreciates political correctness, like, she, you know, it's kind of if, if Joan were still around today, I just don't know how she would function, especially on social media, because there are jokes that she makes even in 2015, 2016, where I'm like, oh, my God, you would never get away with that today. Like, oh, yeah. Never. Yeah. Honestly. You know? Yeah. It's hard. It's but so hard. I would have loved to at some point hear or watch a conversation between Joan and Lady Bunny. I think the two of them oh, navigate similar spaces. God, yes. You know, and so it's really like that of like, oh, God, Joan. Joan is like such a singular energy. And like, it just made me really appreciate like just how important Joan Rivers was to the world of comedy entertainment and how specific she was. And like, I don't know, this is just a reminder of like, you know, if you haven't spent any time with Joan Rivers recently, like she is worth a YouTube rabbit hole. Yeah. Pull up the covers and get in bed. Get in bed with Joan. Yeah, start with the Bianca episode. Yeah, it's, good... it's so good because I, mm-hmm. I do think yeah Bianca is really carrying on the tradition of Joan. Yeah, I was gonna say as far as like I, I think of like Kathy Griffin, maybe a little bit of Chelsea Handler in there, but like as far as like mm-hmm. the true essence of Joan, like Joan was like a gay man in her own right. You know what I mean? And yes. I think there is that sort yeah, of a drag queen. About yeah, yeah, drag queen is probably the better way to say that. Thank you. Um, yeah. uh, yes. Love that. Love that. Love that. Yeah. So that's my BSA of the week is, is Joan Rivers, but specifically in bed with Joan. Yes. Um, I actually found, I, I remember I sent this to you yesterday, but I want to mention this because it really is bringing me a lot of joy. This is another runner up and then I'll get into my actual BSA of the week. But Good, because I have one more thing before you get to your actual BSA. But okay, to your great. Runner-up. And I, maybe it's this, who knows? But I, uh, if it's not, even better. Um, Stanley Tucci and Ina Garten. Uh, speaking of gay men, I know, I know, are 
I, 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 my friend Jess sent it to me yesterday on Instagram. I guess there is, it's called Cherry Bomb, and there's an E at the end of um, Bomb. It's basically the, I guess they're responsible for the Julia Jubilee, which is a virtual conference, mostly probably not virtual, uh, dedicated to the life and legacy of Julia Child. And this year they're having Stanley and Ina just hang out virtually to talk about cocktails and you know their love of entertaining it's a weird date though colin it's um it's thursday april 22nd at 3 p.m eastern standard time i don't know why that is <laughs> i mean will i Only be I know will i be... hang, will i cut out of work that day early yes let's i think that must happen or i don't really know the details like i don't know if you have to like buy buy something since it's like a conference like i will do the research and report back but my lord i mean it's like it's a gift from above these two together worlds colliding i know yeah i, know. I mean that's uh that yeah you sent me that that i was like wow this is i mean i feel like you know there's that like meme going around of like you know uh who says that straight people can't be gay and it's like that picture of, of jeffrey Ina and Ina, jeffrey. yes and i just think like Ina and stanley tucci like are like two of my favorite gay people like yeah. they're just like I think of them as, oh yeah, they're they're invited. They're invited to brunch. Yes, you know. Yeah, and it, it sounds like a weird sentence, but if you don't know what that means, it's like it's like I don't know. It's like more of an energy, I guess. Uh, it's just like Stanley mm-hmm. Tucci is always. We talked about it, like him and Colin Firth, which is like ironic that they're in Supernova together too. Like we don't right. we don't mind that, <laughs> you know. Not that they need our right. permission, but um, yeah, I'm I'm on board. Yeah. Yeah, I don't mind straight actors playing gay when when they're as good as Stanley Tucci. Yeah, yeah. I think so. I think so. So what do you got um, before I go into my... It, it's... I forgot the one of the reasons I wanted to highlight the yeah. In Bed with Joan is that one of the episodes that I enjoyed the most of what I've seen is an episode with someone we've spoken about and fell in love with previously, and that is, of course, Lazy Susan co-star Jim Rash. <gasps> oh! And... I'll tell you this. Obviously, the the drag of Jim Rash and Lazy Susan is like part of what like we were both like. Oh, I'm like oddly attracted to him. Yes. And then you see him in bed, and he, it's just kind of like he kind of looks like Moby. Like that's kind yeah, of yeah, one yeah, yeah. I makes. see that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'll tell you. So at the beginning, I was like, okay, not really my type. But by the end, I was in love with him. Ugh. He is so funny, and like just the way he acts and the way he carries himself. I'm like, this is like. It it is a Stanley Tucci kind of vibe of like yes. there's just that kind of like energy that I'm like oh I just love the way you I love the kind of man you are mm-hmm. so I will send you the link I really think you need to watch the episode with Jim Rash because oh, you have I the Lazy Susan will. yes yeah uh, I was point forever of view changed. I think <laughs> the mustache yes and oh. and it, and yes and this is going to make you realize that like it's still there beneath the mustache like it's Ooh. just there's something about him that is so unexpectedly like hot and i think it's like part of he's just so funny and mm-hmm. so charming so um sorry i just need to mention no, I'm that that glad you did yeah in bed with jim yeah so love it love it love anyway it. uh so your bsa of the week my bsa of the week is a podcast episode that really i don't even know how to i'm gonna try to articulate how beautiful of an episode it was but um i don't know if you know you might. Um, Celia Keenan-Bolger. She was in uh, the uh-huh. revival. Did you see that production? I did. Okay. I did. So she was. She was. Yeah. Oh, sorry. No, I I'm. I, I saw her. Oh, in, you saw uh, Glass Menagerie. 
Glass Menagerie. Sorry, yeah, yes. I saw her in Glass Menagerie. So uh, she, and she was great in that. Yes, yeah. yes, yes. Um, so she was in To Kill a Mockingbird, like right before, I guess, like the season before Corona. And she won a Tony for playing Scout, which is crazy because she's like... Right. I think she was 41 when she played it, um, you know, an eight year old. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But um, so she has she's never really she's always been on my radar. I I know that she's like sort of beloved and like she she seems very kind and generous. And um, a lot of people love her in the Broadway community, too. So she came out with a new podcast called Sunday Pancakes with Celia Keenan Bolger. And it's it's very along the lines of like. Uh, something like Elizabeth Gilbert would do. You know what I mean? It has that energy. Uh-huh. It's like it, pretty much every single guest so far has been women. And episode three is called Having a Hard Conversation and the Healing That Accompanies It with Kelly O'Hara. So I, I, mm-hmm. to kind of bridge the gap who who might not know about that story, basically Celia Keenan-Bolger was initially cast as Clara in The Light in the Piazza when it was like like from the beginning. And Kelly O'Hara was also playing a different part um, in the show, in The Light in the Piazza. And then, like, they were, uh, the, the show started getting uh, momentum, and then eventually it moved to Broadway. And right before it moved to Broadway, they gave Celia Keenan Bolger, like, the boot. And Kelly O'Hara took over the role. And it was just, like, for obvious reasons, just, like, really sad for her. And, like, it happens more so, like, more often than you think because sometimes they're replaced by, like, a celebrity or, like, a bigger name in the Broadway community because that sells tickets. Um, and mm-hmm. and in that same season, like, obviously, so Celia Keenan-Bolger left the show and actually went on to do the Putnam County Spelling Bee in the same season and also got nominated for Best Featured Actress in a Musical alongside Kelly O'Hara, who got nominated for Light in the Piazza. It's just like this wow. crazy sort of Broadway lore that like it's it reminds me in some ways of like the Patty and Glenn Close of it all. Like, I think that's a little bit more heightened um, where this was mm-hmm. sort of like something that went on behind the scenes and like. It is such a beautiful, like, and they've never, I I don't want to say they've never talked about it. Like, they obviously have. They both have Tony Awards now. Like, it's, but at the time, I I couldn't imagine being in that position of, like, they talk about it from both perspectives. Like, how Kelly hated taking that from her and how Celia, like, felt obviously terrible, but she didn't want Kelly to feel terrible because they were friends. Like, they, Mm. they were in the same production for the longest time. And, like, just the whole journey of, like, forgiveness and healing, it was so restorative and, like, beautiful to listen to. And these women are queens. Like, I just, like, I can hear Amanda Konchinsky, uh, like, rolling her eyes as as I say that <laughs> sentence all the way from, you know, from New York City. But I love them both. And it really made me uh, love Celia Keenan-Bolger even more. And um, her second episode is actually with Philippa Sue, which is another great Ooh. episode about just, like, balancing. Um, everyone is so vulnerable and, like, willing to talk about, like, how much it sucks to be an actor sometimes. You know, not all. And even, like being successful but also being so tired that you can't even like appreciate it you know like there's there's all these themes of just like behind the scenes uh stuff that happens and i posted it on my instagram story and i was like mandatory listening and celia keenan bolger like wrote me a message and was like thank you so much nick wow and i was like thank you i said i wish that episode was like three hours longer and she's like that means so much to me um thanks again and i was like ah I was like so oh. so excited oh. to hear from her. That was so lovely. It it like raised the bar even higher for me of just like how much how cool of a person she is to like even take her time to do that. And um 
it's it's incredible that episode is so if anyone is interested in that story uh sunday pancakes check it out with kelly all right well i i need new podcasts and i love actresses yeah yes philippa sue for god's sake that (laughs) that gasp you know Uh, for god's sake you know so all right i will i will definitely listen that sounds that sounds great it's like juicy and not juicy it's like handled well it's like if glenn and patty did sit down eventually after all these Mm -hmm. years but had like a very right controlled and um you know they listened to each other and really like talked it out right um it's it was cool it was really cool yeah, I, I feel like that's not in Patty's wheelhouse. I know, but, I'm like, that know, might not happen. Yeah, yeah. so Glenn might listen, yeah. Yes. Um, well, great. Well, I think that is everything we've got for today's Best yeah. Supporting After Show. Uh, we've, we've covered the gamut from awards to BSAs, and we've got some homework to do and yes. some videos and podcasts to listen to, and, uh, and that's what I'm going to do. So yeah. what of it? <laughs> I got my purse. I got my hat. I got my purse and my hat. I'm in the car. I'm listening to Pancakes with Philippa Sue. (laughs) Let's get out of here. See you next week, everyone. Bye-bye. Bye.